So a lot of coach tools, you know, in strategic coach are very intentionality tools, the strategy circle, the, you know, the impact filter, certainty, uncertainty, you know, all these tools are really, really intentionality tools. I've found that if you just search for customers based upon demographic psychographic, in other words, their market characteristics, you'll fail unless you start with their value system first or what you would typically call your mindset. It's how you think, what you think about, what you value. And I'm not saying that people are unhappy where they are, but they have a picture of what being even more happy looks like. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, they've got to be striving for that. Hi everyone, this is Dan Sullivan and this is the uh, Capability Amplifier and this is my uh, my partner in crime, uh, Mike Koenigs. And today Ooh. we're gonna zero in on some late breaking cutting edge technology for being more targeted in who, um, who your marketing is directed at. And we're going to uh, explore a whole subject, which is called intentionality, and kind of look at it from both sides of a transaction from the person who is the seller and the person who's the buyer. And uh, I think you'll find it fascinating. And as always, uh, we end up in a different place than when we start. Yeah, one of the things that we really deep dive in is what drives Dan Sullivan nuts? Actually, we explore some of the tools because when you find a well-intentioned, perfect fit market, um, it's the experience that you create with them and the mindsets that they need to have that make both sides of the equation really, really powerful and beneficial as well. So uh, as Dan said, we go down some interesting roads. We didn't expect to go down, but that's the beauty of this podcast. So we hope you enjoy this one as much as we did making it. All right, Dan. So this is about um, taking intent and pre uh, creating predictive desire. So let me set this up. Um, I've been working with a client and he has a unique technology that will allow you to capture in real time or near real time someone's searching on the Google console, for example. So let's say you were doing a little research and um, I know right now you're interested in working on your knees and having stem cells done, right? So if Dan Sullivan sits down and types in um, best solution for stem cell re knee regeneration. Or 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 yeah, knee, that would be great. Um, okay. And you might even have... Uh, what city you're looking at? It could be Toronto. Now, I'm my guess is you can't get stem cells in Toronto. There are in the United States, but there's other places. But you start going down this uh, this search history, and you can determine if someone something is purely informational or intent based, meaning you want to buy. Mm -hmm. And what this technology allows us to do is grab the the intent based keywords, and then um, using first party data from a lot of different sources aggregate that and deliver it. So I can get who you are, your contact information, your address, your income, your net worth, whether or not you're a homeowner, maybe if you're a parent, if you've got kids, including the apps you have on your phone 
and what apps you're using. Okay, so I could find out if you have the Aura Ring app or a Whoop app, for example, which would tell me you're into measuring and you actually spend money. So that could be collected and then you can retarget those people, meaning you can start showing Facebook and Google ads to that individual. You could start calling them up and say, hey, this is so-and-so from the regenerative center in wherever. Um, you could send them a free book um, by mail or direct mail um, or even do cold email. Mm -hmm. So this has uh, the opportunity to really shake up traditional advertising. But if we take a step and look at it from a top level, what I want to ask you about today is thinking about intent and predicting intent, creating desire, and just go down that rabbit hole of uh, what does this mean to Dan Sullivan and how can you 10x the idea of this? What uh, what shows up for you? Yeah, well, my uh, first of all, I may be um, an odd, uh, you know, sort of an outlier to this particular activity, but I have other people who order for me online, so it's never me huh. that's being online. But that's just my general attitude to technology, period, not just, you know, online commerce. And that is generally I've created a team that there's always a knowledgeable person between me and technology. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that learning technology from a functional standpoint is good use of my time. Uh, mm -hmm. Learning technology from what the, um, you know, the, uh, what the chasing is with, you know, and if you have uh, access to this technology, then I, you know, I can really see how this helps us mainly build our company. You know, that's where my main interest. Yeah. And so the, the whole point is that uh, they would be, um, but just talk, I, I'll just put my outlier status apart. Um, I think intention is as uh, as a topic, because first of all, I believe that in any situation, the most intentional person always wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, the person who knows what they're in the situation for and what they're trying to get as an outcome of this situation is likely going to be the most successful person, you know, to get what they want from the situation. So a lot of coach tools, you know, in strategic coach are very intentionality tools, the strategy circle, the, you know, the impact filter, certainty, uncertainty, you know, all these tools are really, really intentionality tools that you as an entrepreneur are understanding uh, uh, in regards to a particular new venture what exactly you want to get out of the venture as a result of the next time period. What, what do you want to be the breakthroughs in the next time period? So I think intentionality is a marvelous subject and it's also a subject that's not taught. I, that is, that is super interesting. Um, so two things pop up for me. So one of them is I'm going to go down. Here's how this could be used for, coach, for example, the technology itself, and then um, about showing up with intention, because that's the other side of it is, is uh, so there's two sides to the intention game. One is 
So how can this be used? Um, one of them would be anyone who's searching for Dan Sullivan books, for example, we could immediately find that, capture it within about 15 minutes, um, grab that person's contact information, grade them, and they could get a uh, a message delivered either through retargeted, meaning an ad that shows up on, you know, it could be in your Apple News. It can be, you know, that kind of thing all the way to a video. Hey, this is Dan Sullivan. Here's my new book to um, uh, literally going to a sales floor and contact being made and it, and only to people fit the profile. Um, so in that sense, the intent is matched with the intent, which is strategic coach intent is um, either just sell them coaching right away or lead them down a, a funnel path, a marketing mm -hmm. funnel. Mm -hmm. um, the flip side is what you're, what I think you alluded to, which is let's say I know that um, I'm going to be showing up for a meeting with a mentor and and I, this pops into my head because this week, Tim Ferriss interviewed Jim Collins, the good to great guy, who's now 61 years old. And he talked about how someone he knew, knew Peter Drucker. Peter at the time was 86 years old. Maybe he was 96. He, yeah, I think he was 86. And, um, and Peter ended up reaching out to Jim and said, hey, I'd love to meet with you. I heard about you, blah, blah, blah. So he had an invitation to meet with Peter. And Jim said he spent two full days preparing for that meeting because, and then he blocked out three days afterwards just to codify everything he learned and document and write about it. And he just said, if you ever have the opportunity to meet with a mentor, spend a lot of time preparing so you get the most out of it, not only for your own sake, but also out of respect for that person carving out time for you. And um, those are two extreme examples. Well, I'll give so, you, uh, I'll bring up an example from your life. You have this magical three day period where you can completely package. And in the next stage of someone's business life, okay, mm -hmm. and, you and you've got a lot of working parts to this, but it seems to me that it would be a natural follow up to the, yeah. What's the name of it? I better, I mean, I keep talking oh, about it. I might as well have- I, I call it the, the Superpower Accelerator, but it's okay, recently turned into your next act. Yeah, it's like your next act. Let's create your next act. Yeah, so it's creating your next act, but immediately your next act needs customers. And so it seems to me that it's an easy step because you've spent three days sharpening someone's next stage of life intentionality. Okay, so um, in that they completely identify who the next buyers are, uh, and what the buyers are, you know, what the what people will pay a check for. So it seems yeah. to me to be a natural step to add this uh, further step, um, you know, and this this doesn't have to be part of the session itself because it's immediately what happens after the session. Yes. Yep. And we've been doing it now. Um, one thing that we added recently, and uh, as of right this minute, it's in motion, but uh, we've engaged a call center. So, you know, it's like the good old fashioned phone. You can get someone's phone number and maybe only 40 out of 100 actually answer, or even if it's 20, but an average uh, 
agent at a call center can make 600 calls a day. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a math problem. And it turns out it's so cost effective to make calls. It's considerably less than traditional lead generation methods, even broadcast. Yeah. So um, especially yeah. with its, when it's targeted. But, but yes, that is definitely, definitely the case. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of on the, <laughs> what, what's happening before the person goes looking like, um, you know, my, my whole scale is, uh, you know, sort of, do you know who you are and do you know, uh, who you want to become, you know, I mean, we're yep. similar. Um, our coaching session is spread out. Yours is spread out over three days. Mine's spread out over 30 or 40 years. And <laughs> yeah. I'm a slower, I'm a sort of slower, slower person than you are. You know, I'm, you know, um, you know, I, you know, I grew up at a time, you know, I mean, I grew up on a farm. You did a farm community, sort of that, like that where uh, yep. watching the traffic light change was high excitement, you know, there. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even have any traffic lights in Eagle Lake. Um, yeah. Where yeah. I grew so, up. so the big, yeah. uh, so the big thing is that we're looking for lifetime relationships, really. You know, I mean, if you think of coach, yes. And I've been talking more and more to the sales team and the marketing mm. team uh, in the company I said, what I want you to be checking out is before the person comes into their first workshop uh, for the signature program. So we have three three levels, uh, signature 10 times in free zone, that there's someone who looks qualified and has the interest to be a free zone, uh, free zone client. In other words, uh, I don't want you just to get people to get them into the signature program, but they never grow higher than the signature program. Yeah. They have really big goals. And that, uh, in fact, they might only want to spend a year in signature, a year in 10 times, and then in the third year. So we have about three people now who are getting into free zone in the third year of the program. Okay. Yes. So, so that would be the sort of intentionality that you know that i would be looking for i would be looking for uh, that that person you know is um what i would say collaboration friendly you know he's got sort of a yes. collaboration friendly attitudes so you know uh you know we could put in words like you know collaboration uh, you know as your you know the words that people are looking for yeah, that's um. so. So let's do that. Let's create the profile because this will be super helpful because I, I agree with you when I look at. Um, to me, the most interesting. Coach clients are the ones who are in free zone. They also are the ones who love the idea of lifetime extender. OK, so they've got enough time under their belt that they know how valuable more time, more energy are, right? So they're already tuned. And you always want to work with the already converted. The ones who are already coachable have been coached. They know that by having a coach, they get a 10X from their investment. And it seems just before we got on today, I was meeting with Justin Breen. And he said one really simple thing to me um, 
about a year ago. And he said, yeah, I only work with eight, nine, and 10 quick starts. And I realized that my very best clients are eight, nine, and 10 quick starts. That if this isn't an always, but typically fact finders are great team members. They're great operators and integrators, but they, they're, they are going to put the brakes on where the higher the quick start. It's like, yeah, let's do it. And let's do it now. Let's do it together. That's that collaborative attitude. So if you were um, going to create and document the perfect profile of a free zone candidate and, you know, what are the other things that show up besides being a high collaborator? When you look at the, the folks who are in free zone right now and you're like, they just show up, they add a ton of value, they get the spirit their understanding of the vocabulary of what free zone is all about is already natural to them. It's yeah. not like they had to learn it. What shows up for you? What would yeah. we search for and what would they search for? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, there's, um, Col uh, the thing why Colby doesn't make as much sense here. And that is because they've learned who, not how, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that, um, uh, in other words, uh, one of my best friends as a coach client, and, um, you know, he's been in the program for 20, 20 years, uh, is the number one site surveying company in Toronto. His name Sasha. I know Kurtz. who that is. Sasha. Yep. And Sasha is a nine fact finder, three quick start. Okay. Yeah, well, he was at Genius last uh, the last two days. So I saw him. We, we ended up spending time together. Yeah, yeah you may have met him, and um, uh, and incredibly creative and everything like that. It's just that he has to start eight years before you do. Mm. In other words, uh, he has a preparation period uh, that you and I could live three lifetimes in. You know, like uh, <laughs> you know, we could could do it. But the whole thing is, what is their attitude towards using the capabilities of other people? You know, and that yeah. that's not necessarily a that's not necessarily, a, a, you know, a Colby thing. As a matter of fact, really high um, uh, quick starts have a hard time making use of the skills of other people, because they're impatient, mm -hmm. they're impatient with other people's skill areas. You know, quick starts are impatient with fact finders. They're impatient with follow throughs, you know, and everything yeah. like that. And I'm not, I mean, because I'm surrounded on every side. Uh, you know, if you took my main, um, you know, my main project managers, Gord's a bit of uh, an exception is that he's a real long, he's a long quick start. Okay. And he had to sort of explain it to him that he's got really phenomenal work habits. Because I was looking for someone with a lower quick start and someone who had almost like an input, you know, a facilitator range, you know. Yes. Uh -huh. and, uh, but he's a good talker. And so he, uh, you know, uh, the way he did it is that he said, I know uh, from your questions and from the tests that I've taken that I'm probably not in the sweet, uh, sweet zone of what you were testing for. But um, and so this was when I first met him. So he had gone through a lot of 
previous conversations with team members and been tested and everything like that. And he came mm -hmm. in and he said, but he said, um, I, I sort of took, um, I, I sort of took um, for granted uh, that I'm going to get the job. So I just want to tell you what I'll achieve in the first six months. I'm going to do this. And he was doing this for my project, from my impact filter in the four by four that we had sent him. Mm -hmm. And he says, mm -hmm. this is what I will achieve in the first six months. You know, and then he started um, selling past the clothes. And, uh, and, <laughs> and I said, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, in case, I said, in case you're interested, the answer is yes. And he was, uh -huh. in, he was in another topic and he said, yes, uh, yes, what? And I said, well, I thought, you know, you're here and we're about halfway through the hour that you might be wondering whether you actually have the job um, um, now. And um, yeah, the answer is yes. He said, oh, yeah. And I said, now get busy doing those 10 things that you said you're going to do in the first six months. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So stop selling. Get so, to work. So, I mean, he um, made a compelling offer. I mean, he knew he picked up and he had, you know, he was picking up that maybe we were testing for a different kind of person. But, mm -hmm, you, know, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I was testing for a certain kind of result, you know, and yes. he 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 picked up that he's looking for certain types of results. And he named all sorts of things that I wouldn't put down because I don't understand, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, I have a rule that when you hire someone to do something that you don't know how to do, don't tell them how to do the thing that you don't know how to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway it was uh you know it was uh, good and quite frankly that's the only person i've hired in the last 10 years because mm. i don't generally i don't hire other people people are already hired and they're in the company and we, yes and they're you know and the word goes out that i'm looking for a certain type of person and everything like that so it, it's an internal process within the company and uh, but Gord, I knew we needed for we didn't have the skill inside the company, right? Okay, that that makes a ton of sense. So I want my intentions. My intentions were so clear in the impact filter, and my intentions were so clear in the four by four that it was easy for him if he was alert, you know, and he uh, alert, responsive. He could pick up on my intentions and actually you know, present the information to me when he came in that would, uh, you know, be persuasive. So maybe, um, for people who are listening or watching right now, who don't know what a four by four is, can you give us a mini commercial for that? Um, yeah. yeah. What it's, it is and why it's so important. Yeah. What it does, uh, uh, we have one called the impact filter in which we identify, uh, you know, the project that we want done and, uh, you know, and uh, basically, you know, but it's not determined in terms of an actual person. It's just determined that if we have the person who can do this, this is what will be achieved. Okay. So that's it. And that's what we put out to the marketplace so that people will inquire and we put it out to the agencies so that they know, um, 
you know, kind of what we're looking for. Okay. Yep. So here's we're the, looking at what the yeah the, that's the four by four. So the four by four is when you're zeroing in on a person and the decision has been made. Okay. And Gord, do you have yours? Uh yeah. You want me to dump it in the chat? Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Better. Yeah. Let's do that, and we can break break it down. But while we're waiting for Gordon, he to got send this. Him, he got over. this before he came in to see me. Okay, because because mm-hmm. uh, um, he was. I mean, he had been mostly chosen by our team, and we said, you know, he's not quite what you said you wanted, but uh, we, uh, you know, he, you know, he he looks like um, it would be a good fit. Yep. I just have to go okay. digging here, Jens. Give me a sec. No yeah. problem. So while while he's doing that, I'm going to drill down into one other aspect of this because, uh, and I wrote this down. So really high quick starts have a hard time making use of the skills of other people because they're impatient. They're impatient with other people's skill areas. And um, they're impatient, period. Yes. And, and I, yeah, and I know that because I know myself well enough that I'll be like, ah, screw it. I can just do it myself. But the problem is you miss out on future leverage by being impatient now. And um, what typically gets inside the mind of a high quick start, especially a visionary who's a good marketer, and I know a lot of them, yep, is, is we know what our ideal client needs to hear an experience to be happy and we've seen um our support teams misinterpret and they don't have the sensory acuity the language acuity to really understand that and also we overcomplicate and think that we got to deliver a hundred percent experience when an 80 percent or even a 65 percent experience still is good enough um so how do you resolve that in your mind um, or what safeguards do you create? And by the way, Gord sent it. So I'll have this up in a moment. Maybe yeah, we can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to answer the question and then show us four by four? Or do you want to do us four by four and then answer the I'll question? I'll do the four by four and then we'll come back to okay. the. Um, All right. So here we, we go. Want, We're going to show Gord's. Yeah. Yeah. So this is podcast manager. So uh, there's four parts to it okay and each each of the four parts has four elements so i just call it the four by four okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um um that went kind of blurry on us uh gourd um oh, yep i got it it's me now, now it is so anyway uh so just standard for anybody who's going to work with me uh there's sort of uh you know i'll talk about it in terms of the job but this is how, I, when you're working with me, this is number one is best performance, okay? And this means better. So uh, I'm looking for a better um, experience and I'm going to define what better means to me in terms of how you show up and how you interact with me. And so I call it alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful. And mm-hmm. this would this would be different in terms of a different position, okay? But I still want everybody around me to be alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful, okay? And that's just performance. So this is going to work, you know. Um, you're going to have a lot of skills. And you're going to have a lot of projects, 
but when you're with me, you got to be alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful. And anything mm -hmm. that we're doing together, you got to have that. And then I move over to the second quadrant, which has four. And in terms of um, best results, so the first one is best performance, better, and best uh, results, bigger, okay, better and bigger. And I want things to happen faster. I want them to happen easier. I want them to happen cheaper. And I want to get a bigger result out of them. In other words, the overall effect is bigger result. Okay. And then that's defined specifically in terms of the job and this individual. But I'm just letting them know uh, how I'm looking at him or her. But I'm just telling you that I'll be looking for this. And if I don't notice alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful, um, red lights are going off for me. If I'm not seeing things happening faster, easier, cheaper, bigger, red lights are going off for me. And then I have yep. a, a number three uh, column that's called being a hero. First six months, okay? And uh, so I have specific to the individual, okay? So uh, this is, uh, you know, this is, you know, this, uh, this is Gord Vickman coming in for his first meeting with me. And I said, you know, we've got a lot of stuff and they're defined by the pot, by the impact filter. You know, there's things I want to do, but here is, you can go right off the charts with me if you do this. Um, uh, so, um, uh, you know, um, we gotta, we gotta have a fantastically better landing page for our podcast. Um, mm -hmm. great, great series descriptions. Uh, immediate episode summaries and 12 month ahead uh, record schedule. Okay. So I need yep. a very scheduled life. It's determined by free days and by workshop days. Okay. Mm -hmm. so you can look 12 months ahead at my schedule at any time and know when there's flexibility for something new or something different in the schedule. You know, I'm one of the most yep. schedule, scheduled people that I know. You know, I think you have to be a prisoner you know, a, a penitentiary inmate to have a schedule more structured than mine. Yep. This is by choice. I mean, I, I want this. And then the fourth, fourth quadrant is really interesting. And this is what gets left out of, of all teamwork discussions. It gets left out of all employment, you know, or hiring discussions. I just want to let you know what drives me crazy. Okay. And mm -hmm. you never, you never want to do this. Okay, uh, fall behind and never catch up. Okay, in other words, that you're falling behind what we agreed on and you're not catching up and you never catch up. That drives me crazy. And yep. you're, not, you're not saying anything about it. You're not saying that I'm falling behind and I can't get it. Um, mm -hmm. no, front, no front stage priority. Okay, so no front stage priority means that um, you can, all sorts of things can happen backstage out of the view of check writers and customers. But when we're, when we're being viewed by the people who write the checks and by the people that we create the value for, uh, that's got a priority over anything that's happening in the backstage. Okay. Yes. Okay. Number three is, uh, isolated and disconnected silo that you, you're, 
you're you more and more as you're dealing with the work you get cut off from me you get cut off from other people who are members of the team and uh you're 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 not in touch with what's going on around you and number four following orders not initiating in other words you're you're not going one step beyond what i have put down as the objectives you're not learning anything yeah. you're not learning anything new you're not initiating any improvements on your own and i said here's the deal you can do number you can do the first quadrant and you can do the second quadrant and uh but uh and maybe even do the third quadrant but if you go and follow the fourth quadrant i'll fire you just because you drive me crazy yep well first of all <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're doing any of the things in the fourth quadrant i know you're not doing any of the other stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. so this yes. is very interesting and i said and all the things that bother me in the fourth quadrant i'm not seeking counseling for yes and and, and why don't you define what that means just for someone who doesn't understand dan language yeah, what I mean is uh, the fact that it, these things bother me, uh, I'm not going to do anything about the fact that it bothers me. Okay, yep. so so the responsibility for me not being bothered is entirely in your hands. It's not, a, it's not, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not seeking how I can be more understanding of what's going on uh, in your life. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not interested at all, and I never will be interested. <laughs> that's, that's so good. So I... I had a meeting so today with, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I want to relate to that. The, yeah. But the big thing is I'm being extraordinarily intentional here in a way mm -hmm. that most people aren't in, in you know, in, uh, you know, uh, work situations, employment. I'm telling you exactly what makes me happy and every, and everything that doesn't make me happy makes me unhappy. I, so have, I have no amber zone. I've got green and I've got red. I have no, I'm totally binary. <laughs> okay. Well, here's, uh, you going through that helped me realize exactly what my next question is going to be. First, I'm going to create, I want to relate to this, which is I had a meeting <clears throat> this morning with an outside team of vendors that I'd been doing something with that has failed miserably. It, it, like I invested <clears throat> about 30 some thousand dollars on some marketing efforts and I have nothing to show for it. And I should have killed it a while ago, but um, the experiment was interesting enough and I learned a lot from the experiment, even though it was failed. And that's to, um, your, and that's to your credit, not their credit. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is. Um, but they came back knowing that I was about to like, kill it. I was going to shoot the horse in the face out in the pasture, <clears throat> you know, and, uh, um, and they had, of course, like good persuasive folks, a no risk way to continue doing something that was different and it was intriguing enough, but I created the rules. Now I have a, a hard rule I live by now, and it's not unlike yours, but I call it the no homework rule, which is I'm not going to do any homework. And so if I'm going to do something, you have to propose it to me. I'll say yes or no. And I have a value of my hour of time, but I will, will do it with you. So if someone says, well, I need you to make some videos, 
So it'd be like, great, schedule the time, get me the bullets, tell me what you need. I will do it with you. That way, if it's not what you want, I'll redo it until it's done, as long as it's within that time frame and it'll finish. But I'm not going to do any homework, period. Okay, so that's one of the rule sets. And I found that, again, my collaborative mind with a hard deadline, you know, creativity loves constraints. Um, and you have a similar one, which is never leave Dan alone, right? You've got people around you, you're hard scheduled. And, and I don't mean, I don't mind being hard scheduled. I like that. It's fine. Um, but left to my own devices, I can sit and spin and go down a rabbit hole and, um, and it's just not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and and there's a level of accountability. So with that, let me tell you the, the realization I had. So I want to get back to designing the profile of a perfect customer. So the way I do things these days, <clears throat> I've been doing it in the um, in my book. Um, I've found that if you just search for customers based upon demographic psychographic, in other words, their market characteristics, you'll fail unless you start with their value system first or what you would typically call your mindsets. It's how you think, what you think about, what you value. Mm -hmm. And so if we were going to create an intention-focused marketing profile, which is a combination of mindsets and values, it's a combination of demographic psychographics, but more importantly, it's the intentions. It's the results, outcomes, benefits that someone seeks. So when you think about a perfect fit, strategic coach, free zone client, when they enter in, there's what you sell them, what they want, you give them what they need. If you resolve that in their head based upon what their intentions either evolve into or what they walk into with, what shows up inside your mind right now? If we were going to further classify them yeah well number one is that they're totally cash confident and yep uh, they're objective someone who doesn't know strategic uh coach language what does that mean well totally cash confident is that you could go into a no a new venture just to create a new capability knowing that the money may be down the road a bit for the venture and you don't need yep. you don't need it yeah you're, you're handled as for you don't need anyone else's money. Uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you don't need, um, you know, you, you're not short on cash. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so finally that uh, you have no uh, money distractions. If you're in the free zone, I'm t talking identically that you're in there. And the other thing is you have to walk in the door with a collaboration. You're not coming to the free zone to find a collaboration. You're walking in the door with a collaboration. So those two things, uh, and what you're doing is to learn the what a, a total environment of collaboration is like by listening to the other free zone collaborations and how they describe their their collaborations. And the other one is that. Um, you have uh, expansion uh, goals. If you're local, you want to be regional. If you're regional, you want to be national. If you're national, you want to be global. 
And you see that as a natural next step, that you're going to jump to a much higher level of reach mm. as a result of understanding collaboration. Okay. And the, and the other thing is, you know, the program qualifications, you've got to have satisfied the requirements of the signature in the free zone, uh, free zone. And the other thing yep. is that you're coming uh, uh, to contribute uh, in equal measures to what you get out of the program. So if you just mm -hmm. come, you just come and not say anything, and you're writing notes down uh, very quickly after the first workshop. <laughs> very quickly after the first workshop. Uh, we're going to have a possibly relationship-changing discussion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that becomes very obvious because of the way Free Zone is managed, where um, you call on every single person in there talking to them about what their experience was, what they got out of it, um, and that, that makes a ton of sense. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. I'm going to rewind to one other thing you said for a little clarity which is you said you have to walk into the door with a collaboration. Um, I'm assuming what that means is you have the, the a... Collabor the collaboration doesn't have to be in the program, but you already mm -hmm. have, to have a collaboration that you can talk to about the other people, what, you, what you're learning from your collaboration, because that's okay. part of the value that you're creating for everyone else in the room. Right. I My interpretation, correct me if I'm wrong here, would also be that the nature of you and your business is such that you could walk in and whether it's with someone who's in the program or someone outside, your mind will be expanded through the tools and the mindsets that you're, you've gained access to in such a way that you can create a 10x collaboration um, as a result of being in the program, which will ultimately contribute to the $15 trillion economy vision that you wish to create yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. So um, what I would say then is if we back up, and again, I'm going to think like a marketer for a moment, which is if I had to con communicate and turn that into a message that I was going to send out to the world to attract right fit candidates who are searching for something online they seek what it is that free zone will ultimately provide knowing that these people have to go through they have to jump through some humps so first of all they were going to have to join signature program spend a year in it go through 10x spend a year in it before they are invited to join free zone um and one of those ways is obviously getting exposure through listening podcasts, reading the books, um, maybe finding content online. But um, listening to that, are there some concepts, some messages that you know would deeply resonate with the right fit person, even though they may be three years away from being able to join FreeZone? Yeah, and uh, um, you know, and one of the things that uh, anyone has to do now before they even um, come to the program 
is they have to have uh, hour to hour and a half um, DOS conversation with one of our membership advisors. Okay. And it's, uh -huh. you know, and they go down three years from now, if we were having this discussion and you were looking back, they, and then they have to talk about their dangers, their opportunities and their strengths. And mm -hmm. we're, we're doing that to, first of all, check whether the person actually has a future that it's worth us spending our resources on. Okay, so if, if they don't have a bigger future that they're striving for, uh, them being in coach is no matter what they're paying us, it's not an asset to us because they're not adding to the energy and they won't utilize the tools. If I mean, if they're happy where they are, uh, there's nothing that coach can do for them. And I'm not saying that people are unhappy where they are, but they have a picture of what being even more happy looks like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've got to be striving for that. Okay. And, um, and, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, one thing I've learned and you've learned over the reasons that uh, if, if you're cash confident, your standards go up. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. If you don't yes. need, if you don't need the next relationship for the money, but more and more you're looking at it for, you know, I got to really learn something new here. You know, and uh, I was on a podcast with Joe Polish. I think it was Monday afternoon. And um, <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, back in the nineties, uh, you know, when cash was a much more urgent, urgent topic than it is right now. I had this one guy and he was really a misfit for the program, but he was a big hitter and he was from California and, <clears throat> and he would fly his personal jet um, or be flown in his personal jet into um, uh, Chicago for uh, not not uh, Chicago because we weren't in Chicago yet, Toronto. And one day yes. he came up to me and he said, you know, <clears throat> I'm getting a lot out of the program. But he said, I'll tell you what I'd like to do and see if you're offering. He says, I, you pick the weekend, but uh, we'll pick you up uh, on a Friday night and we'll fly you out. My, my plane will come and fly you out. And then over the next two days, we can just spend time together and we can just talk, uh, you know, about where I'm going and, you know, what I'm trying to achieve. You can meet my family <clears throat> and some of my team members. And then, uh, you know, and uh, we have a great guest house and, you know, everything will be taken and uh, and I'll fly you back to Toronto. <clears throat> and he said, so 50,000, uh, 50,000, I'll pay you 50,000 for that for the weekend. And um, and it was so funny. This there's sometimes when. The answer you have totally determines another kind of future. Have you ever seen that? And I said, uh -huh, yeah. And I said, I, I tell you right off the bat, uh, the answer would be no. And he said, what? 50,000. He says, I mean, is it the price? I said, doesn't matter what the price is. I wouldn't learn anything from the three days. And I said, I've already done 15 years of one on one coaching. And mm -hmm. I got to the point where one-on-one -on -one coaching wouldn't do me any good anymore. And it's being in the interactive group where 
I'm balancing all the different dimensions that a whole group is doing. That's where I am now. So um, I, I, I actually wouldn't learn anything from the process because I've learned as much as I need to learn about from one one-on-one -on -one coaching and there's no future. There's no multiplier in one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah. And uh, uh, I can't say he took it badly, but I can't say he took it well. And yeah. uh, and he didn't renew for his next year, you know, and, yeah. and um, you know, and I didn't inquire, you know, I, I didn't really inquire what the reasons were. But there's some people who, you know, and I had one uh, the last weekend, somebody's got a really, really big network and everything else. And I've known him for 20, 30 years. And he says, I, I think I'm ready to start coach right now. And I says, good. I says, well, first of all, I'll just introduce you to Julie Cosgrave and, you know, who is our team member at Genius Network. And I said, and she'll yep. give you the dates for the workshops and the coaches that are there. And he said, oh, no, no. He says, uh, I want to be with you. You know, of course, he said, I'm, I'm going to come to the program. I'm going to be with you. And I said, well, uh, that train left the station a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's what. <laughs> and I said, nope, nope. Uh, we have. Uh, I said we've learned two things. One is that don't have Dan coaching what he's not interested in, and the other thing is yep. don't have people learn the basics of the program from Dan because it'll yep. just it'll just confuse you, you know. And he, you know, he couldn't understand. Because in his world, that's how things are done. Everybody gets a fast track and everybody mm -hmm. can come in because you're looking for the fact that you have a celebrity in the program. And quite frankly, I'm not looking for celebrities in the program. I'm looking for a certain attitude towards teamwork and collaboration and growth and, you know, how long you're going to live. I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for celebrity. I'm not looking for anything. But th this yeah. is part of being intentional that you, um, you know, you know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, when I hear that, um, I've adopted all this. It's interesting. I'm doing a little bit of the flip. So um, one of them is anytime someone says, and then you'll be talking to my, and I go, nope, hard no. I don't talk to anyone on your team. That's your job. You're their boss. I work with one person. I don't answer to anyone. I don't do any of your meetings. That's your job. Um, so that'll never happen. Hard no. Um, and and the how and the how much would make that happen is, I don't. You know, it'd be seven figures. Okay, that that's what it would be if it would happen at all. And I and like you, it better be damned interesting. Um, but the celebrity thing is what I you know the illusion of, and I've worked with a lot of celebrities. Yep. They're terrible clients because, uh, first of all, they don't show up. They don't respect time. They're surrounded with jackals and hyenas who are a lot more interested in status quo than any positive future because they they strive on the way things are and they're protected little vessels. And any time an outside interest comes in, they're threatened by that. So they very frequently, not always, will do what they can to uh, destroy a chance of something different happening. Um, and uh, and they're, they're you know they're just annoying pains in the asses. Not always, but um, they're hard to manage and control. 
Well, the other thing is that uh, uh, fame and celebrity, if not properly handled, really dis disconnects you from people because you never yes. know why people want to get to know. You never know why people are treating you nice. You never know why. Yeah. You know, you never, uh, you never do it. I mean, um, Glenn Moshauer, who's an actor that Joe knows really well. And yeah, he's a great if guy. You look, if you look at his Google, you go to Google and you look him up, he's got to be the most continuously employed actor in the world over the last 35 years. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there, uh, not a year goes by that he hasn't, it's either, uh, you know, uh, usually a, it's a movie appearance where he's, he's, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, he has TV, he's got long running TV series and everything else, but you always recognize him, but you never remember his name. Yeah. He's one of those people. And so Joe, Joe interviewed him about that. And he said, well, he said, one of the things you have to realize, he says, right off the bat, you have to realize that, um, are you a star? Are you a, you know, are you a mm -hmm. are you a marquee star or not? And he says, before I ever got into the business professionally, I knew I wasn't a marquee uh, marquee star. But he said, uh, I know the craft, I know the art of acting, and he says, and I know how to be a good member of a cast. And he said. But I look at it strictly from the producer and director's standpoint, that they have to get the celebrities just to get the movie out of the box office on the first weekend yep. or to get, you know, to get the first one out because, um, you know, social media can kill you within about 45 minutes after people start watching, yeah. watching it. And so he said, uh, they're going to have to have some celebrities who can pull an audience right in. But he said, they're going to get down to um, names. They'll go one, two, three, maybe four names. But he said, I'm the number five guy for everybody. So the, the, one, you, the one where you're just writing in a name because you needed a cast member there and you don't want to think about it, you don't want to worry about it, you just put my name in because you'll never have to think about you without me and worry and he says as a result i'm employed all the time yeah there's yeah, you're you're yeah it's one of the most and he said the problem with uh he said if you don't know who you are before you go to hollywood the industry will not inform you yes yes that is so true i don't know if i shared this with you but i did a stint for a little while working with richard dreyfus and um, I remember having that conversation because basically he was raising money for a um, nonprofit he's involved with, which the goal was to create and teach civics, which you he said didn't exist in the country anymore. You accosted him on a plane flight. That's right. That's right. And But here was the conversation because basically what it led to is, well, Richard, why don't you just stroke a check? And he goes, look, there's a big difference between – he goes – there's a big difference between a movie star and an actor. He goes, I'm an actor. I get a wage. Okay. You're a movie star. You're getting points. And uh, he's had points before, but you know, he's had a shaky career and part of it's because he wasn't a Glenn. He's, he was known for a while for being a giant pain in the ass, difficult to work with and generally could be a very, very unpleasant man. Um, 
talks too much. Um, talks too much and says too little, as I would like to say. So there's a difference between the man, uh, the man and the actor or the act actress um, or whatever the politically correct thing to say these days is. Um, oh, the other is sometimes is, you love the character, not the Richard person. Dreyfus is a Canadian, and uh, you know it's enough of a headwind being a Canadian, but be annoying Canadian. That's, <laughs> that's a that's a double that's a double way of me. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, speaking of someone, uh, some, someone who has Canadian citizenship as one of my. Easy pass, uh, you know, easy pass going back and forth across the border and being in Canada. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot I love about living where I live and wouldn't live anywhere else, uh, you know, on a time basis. But there is a headwind of, uh, you know, that Canadians, because it's a culture that doesn't like celebrity. Mm hmm. Okay, and the only way you can get celebrity as a Canadian is to go to the United States and you become a celebrity and then you come back. Yeah. 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 But the yeah, big very th true. The, the big thing here, you know, sticking with the theme of intentionality is that, you know, it, it comes from two standpoints. It comes from knowing who you are and who you best create value for and who mm -hmm. is who is the best customer that will not only uh, love what you're doing, but you'll gain from working with them? Yes. And that, I don't know how to um, <clears throat> predict that. You know, again, if you think about our intentionality, seeking right fit people, that's something that's a behavior and that's uh, not always predictable unless there's uh, some proof of past performance. Yeah. Um, well, one, so. of, one, of, one of the things that I use as a screener is a, uh, the second person personal when uh, I write anything. If you look at all my books and all my, my quarterly books, um, everything starts with the word you. You know, you do this, you yep. do this, you feel this, you experience this, you recognize this, you've learned this and everything. And the second person personal is the hardest, uh, you know, it's the hardest tense to actually master in any language, but, but uh, English is the one I know. And the reason is you have to be so knowledgeable about who the person is that you're talking to because mm -hmm. they can just say, well, that's not me. And, and you're gone. You know, that what, what's he know? He doesn't know what I'm thinking, you know? Yeah. So my, my way of uh, targeting in a marketing sense and a coaching sense is that I always communicate, well, this is how your experience. I, I'll tell you what your experience is and I'll mm -hmm. tell you what you're learning from your experience. And um, I'm telling you how you want to look at your past. I tell you how you want to be in the present. I tell you, you know, the kind of future you want to have. And it's binary. It's one or zero, you know, it's a zero. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that I do both things. Uh, you know, in other words, that I'm telling you what my intention is by using, addressing you continually um, as you. And uh, I'm uh, saying that unless what I'm saying about you is true, 
I don't want to meet you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. So it's, there's a binary and, you know, and I think the, the world is a binary world because the central technology of the last 50 years that's grown and grown and grown and going mm -hmm. into the future is totally binary. And there's, you know, it's one or it's zero and there's nothing in between one and zero. So I think your friend with the thing, he's just zeroing in that he doesn't want a lot of people who aren't interested about wasting his time. Because a lot of time can be wasted in, on the internet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. An infinite yeah. amount. So, I mean, think about <laughs> your, uh, think about your, um, you know, your, your Mexican rose garden, think about uh, who would be the person who would jump at the uh, chance of spending considerable amounts of time of their year uh, in this location and uh, being able to do these kind of activities when they're down there and being surrounded by uh, you know, what's the definition of like-minded people that you would like to spend this time uh, uh, with, you know? So my, my sense is you have to really be in the, sh you know, and the, quite frankly, Mike, the people you're looking for are you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I'd say uh, that's, that's absolutely true. And uh, um yeah i've tried well, i think that's another I, I've, that's... I've, tri I've tried not not me and it's never really worked uh you know i married not me and uh it was hard work <laughs> it was hard work <laughs> for the for you th talking about the starter marriage uh, practice <laughs> practice marriage yeah yeah yeah, uh -huh. yeah practice marriage there you go yeah. all right well um let's wrap this segment up because i there's yeah. I, what, did, what did we uncover here what did uh, that well, okay. uh, the mastery of anything is uh, uh, increased intentionality on both sender and receiver standpoint that there is, um, you know. I, I had some big, big takeaways. So I took a lot of notes um, that'll be in the uh, in the show notes here. But, <clears throat> you know, you you started out by saying, you know, who are you and who do you want to become? And uh, lifetime re relation, creating lifetime relationships. And when you look for intention, at least in the context of strategic coach, but I'd say anyone who's living an intentional life um, is collaboration friendly. And um, then when you talked about how, what are your attitudes towards using the capabilities of other people, the adopting a who, not how attitude, intentional people um, are probably also looking to gain maximum leverage because they're living into a bigger future. And again, using coach language, a positive moving future, which is every day forward is going to be bigger and better than the last and um, having an expansive mindset. Um, and then, you know, again, this is coach specific, but I think ev always evolving towards total cash, cash confidence where 
um, where your next meal is coming from is no longer the challenge. The messaging I use now is you have more money than time. And now you realize the value of time even more as you age and you'll do, you'll make massive investments to increase or improve <clears throat> what that means to you at any given time. So you at um, the 70-year-old Dan, the 75-year-old Dan versus the 50-year-old Dan versus the 30-year-old Dan have very different mindsets about time, I would suspect. <clears throat> so those are some of the big yeah. takeaways that I got from this conversation. Yeah, I think the uh, thing that we got, we're very interested in the technology that this person does as a result of three or four other things that are going on in the company right now. And that would include a, a conversation with Gord and what yes. Gord is doing. And, you know, and, um, and so, so the thing is, you know, if he's got a great new capability, we're, we're very, very interested in this capability. And, uh, I'm interested from the standpoint of ourselves, but I'm also interested from the same standpoint of our, uh, especially free zone clients and yes. you know, ten, 10 times. Clients. So he'd be someone that, um, you know, well, what I'll, what I'll do is I'll coordinate with, 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 um, Gord and I'm going to give you the, the tech and we'll, what we'll do. And I'll just tell Gord this now. So we've got an action item that we don't have to follow up with, which is, all I need from Gord is SEO data, any kind of paid ads <clears throat> and keywords we'll search for. And there's a little bit of Mickey Mouse that has to be done. And we'll be able to check the volume of search data and quantify and grade it because I know who the right fit from a marketing perspective, from the work we've done in the past, um, who they need to be. And we'll see what the volume of that is. And um, I'll get that going right away. So, um, and I've got a bunch of these little projects happening simultaneously in all sorts of industries. And um, so we'll, we'll turn it into a little real time case study that we'll follow up with. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like a great collaborator for you. <clears throat> yes. Oh yeah. Now we've already created three businesses. Uh, the first one was the 35 million in, you know, basically days. And, and um, I've already, uh, I've given him really good people who are now have joined the company and uh, full disclosure. One of the, his first client is a, uh, a firm that is doing the tort case for Camp Lejeune. Oh. So what they were able to do is identify, they had originally thought that there were several hundred thousand people who qualified to receive the benefits that have been allocated, which are now have exceeded $400 billion. Um, and a law firm receives 40% of what, you know, goes to, uh, gets created in terms of the case. They've identified it's class, millions. It's a class action, right? Yeah. Yeah. Against the yeah, military. I'm not, familiar. I'm not familiar with the case, uh, but I'll look yeah. it up. Okay, okay. It's it's very fascinating, but the bottom line is the just this technology has created billions of dollars of value to this firm, and they can do absolutely targeted um, analysis. and And this is we figured out how to use this technology for you know anything that you need to find targeted um, intention based 
leads or proximity based. Um, so you can actually determine where people were and uh, find data in some ways you could say it's creepy, scary, um, <clears throat> but it's all ethical and legal. Um, but it could be used badly. So they're very careful about who gets access to the stuff, but it's, you know, it's super fascinating. You know, uh, the world with uh, increasing technology is creepy and scary, but it's not as creepy and scary as a world without any technology at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something very creepy and scary will eat you without it. So um, um Yeah. I, I'll, I'm, I'm 100% or something that you don't see, um, <clears throat> which is the worst one. So, uh, well, this has been a fascinating, fascinating episode. Not what I expected, but which one of these ever is. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for watching everyone. Thanks for listening. And, um, <clears throat> if you want to know more, um, drop me a line on capabilityamplifier.com. And if you want to learn more about the technology, I'll, uh, I'll create a link. I'll just call it, uh, go to capabilityamplifier.com slash data, and I'll have something prepared for you. All right. 